When I was a boy, I was in an accident, and I had this accident. I went from cast to cast to cast. Maybe you know what that's like. You get out of one cast, you go into the next cast. I, uh, I had broken both of my legs, and uh, I got uh, this full body cast. So it was like up to here, and uh, it was kind of like a snake, man. The only way I could move was kind of on my belly. I don't even know if they still do that, but that happened to me. And, you know, life goes on, right? Even when you're in a cast, life goes on. And so I was moving about the house, and one day I just got this great idea that, that I was going to go swimming. <laughs> I was going to go in the pool. And uh, so I crawled out. This is in Florida, in Miami, and I crawled through the house. I got out. I got to the very back. Man, I'm on the patio, and I'm crawling, and somehow, I'm not sure, but this, uh, this uh, four, probably five at that time, this five-year-old boy named Tim ended up in the pool. And I'd been warned. I'd been warned, don't go near the water. Don't go out there near the water. Don't just stay away. And uh, But man, you know, boys got to play, right? Boys just want to have fun. So I was like, you know, I got to go swimming today. And so I went out there and I looked at the water and I do, 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 put my fingers in. And then I put my arm in a little bit further. And then I thought, well, you know, it'd kind of be cool if I could kind of turn around and I wonder what and and I remember lowering myself, and I remember my Aunt Cindy. I remember her coming home, and I heard her voice. And I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And she's like, Tim, and she was searching frantically all over the house. She was searching for her nephew, Tim. Tim, 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 and she comes out of the water, and I'll never forget she went from scared to angry. Now, you only know what that's like if you're a parent, right? You can be so scared, and then when you find out, it is like, boy. And Aunt Cindy may have weighed, may have weighed, may have weighed like maybe 90 pounds, if that's accurate. I mean, just tiny thing. And, uh, man, she just, I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure in one, uh, one move, one really quick move, she picked me up, pulled me out of there, and she... She rescued me. I, I really didn't feel like I needed to be rescued. But what I didn't tell Aunt Cindy was this, that I not only got in the water, but I went to the deep end. And I was doing, I think they called it monkey hands when Jaden took swim lessons, monkey hands. You know what I'm talking about, monkey hands all the way around the pool. I was doing laps. Oh, yeah. Like a cast one stopping me. And so I didn't tell her about that. But now that I'm an adult and I look back and I think back, I was in the deep end. And I could have been in Deep, like real deep trouble. I was definitely in trouble with her, but I had a cast. I was like, what are you going to do, spank me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do to avoid a cast up to here, you know? Um, but I tell you what, I, I was rescued that day. Aunt Cindy, whoo, man, surprised she didn't have a stroke. That blood pressure, <laughs> right up there. You know, the truth is, the truth is today, whether you're here for the first time or you've come Many, many times, whether you believe in Jesus or you're here and you're like, man, I came with a friend and I, I'm not subscribing to the whole Jesus thing. Um, there's a truth that I want to talk about today that is so true. And, and, and you're going to see that that, man, this truth, this truth will connect with you, whether you believe in Jesus, whether you're Christian or not, wherever you are. There's a truth today that's going to connect with you. It's going to connect with your heart. And and here's the deal. Here's the deal today. Everyone in here is surrounded. Maybe, maybe you're here and, and you feel like, man, God can't love me. God's got to be angry at me. I mean, he knows. Maybe you saw what I did last night. And I would tell you, God is madly in love with you. 
and God is pursuing you. And the truth is, if you're here and you're running from God, I mean, you may come every Sunday and you can still run from God. You know what I'm talking about? Like, just because you go to church doesn't mean you're running from God. And so the truth is that we're all runners. That's the truth. The truth is we have all ran from God. And I just want to say, you know, if you're running from God, you're in a safe place today. There's no condemnation. Um, You're in a safe place. You're in a place where healing can happen. You're in a place where you can be, like, just honest with you and God. God already knows it. God's not going to turn red. God's not going to be like you did. What? Where, Where are you again? I can't find you. No, 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 no. The truth is we all have ran from God. And the truth is we're all surrounded by runners. Last week we looked at a guy in the Bible. We looked at the story of a guy, and his name was Jonah. And so today we're going to pick right back up. We're talking about um, radically rescued people, rescue people radically. Would you say that with me? Radically rescued people, rescue. There you go. And that that was the message. If if just the message in a sentence, that was the message last week. Now, I don't know about you. We talked about how we all have ran from God. Can you think of a time in your life? When you ran hard from God, are you there? How old were you? Where'd you live? What happened? What triggered it? Are you there at that story? Maybe it's current. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was a decade ago. The truth is that we all have rebelled. We've all said no to God. God told Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go. And God wanted to leverage Jonah That's why his obedience mattered, because God wanted to use Jonah to rescue other people. And Jonah said, I'm not going to Nineveh. Nineveh is this great city, and they're mean, and they're massive. I'm not going to this city. No way, Jose. In fact, I'm going to go the other direction, 2,500 miles. I'm I'm going to Tarshish. I'm not going to where you want, God. No, heck no. I'm pretty sure he probably thought it if he didn't say it. And he is trying to get away from. From God. He rebelled against God. Here's the definition of rebellion. You you with me? Rebellion is believing a lie. That's rebellion. Rebellion is just simply boil it down, simplify it. Rebellion is believing a lie. That's what rebellion is. And you see, see, Jonah did what all of us have done. And, And the truth is, when we go to that story, when we go to where we have ran from God, we believed a lie. Adam and Eve, let's just use them. Let's pick on them, right? We pick on them a lot, and they deserve it, right? They messed it up. We could all be in a garden. Um, so Eden, and, and let's pick on them. So here comes the devil in the form of a serpent, and he says, hey, why don't you eat that? No, no, I can't eat it. can't touch it. And he says, no, 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 no. God's holding back. God doesn't want you to have. God's keeping something from you. God knows that if you do this, your eyes will be open. Are you with me? And Satan, he, he's been around for a while, and, and uh, his tactics, they don't change. He still tells the same lie. You know what's crazy? We still believe it. We still buy it. We still believe that God is holding something back. Like, if I do what God wants me to do, if I say what God wants me to say, if I go where God wants me to go, I'm going to miss out. Man, if I go to church, man, if I become a I would become a Christian. Man, I, I would become a Christian, but I'm having too much fun. Pastor, like, I'm, I'm telling you, Pastor Tim, I, 
I, I just, I'm living this life, man, and I'm kind of, I just, I like to party, and, and, and I, I don't want to give that life up. I'm just not ready yet, 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 not ready yet. And we believe this lie. We believe this lie that when we come over here and we give our life to God, we believe this lie like all of a sudden our life is going to get dull and boring and it's going to suck. I'm a Christian now. And we're going to become plain Jane. And life is somehow going to leave us in the dusk. And we're going to just be boring at best. And, and I don't know what age you are. I don't know where you are on your journey. But I promise you, I've seen Satan lie to people time and time and time and time and time and time again. And I've seen the enemy like, you should be happy. You're in this marriage. You deserve to be happy. Like, yeah, you've been married 15 years. Yes, you have three kids, but come on. She's hot. She digs you. She's she's giving you attention. Like, come on. It's okay. Like, flirt just a little bit. Like, it's it's all right. Like, yeah, you've you've got a husband that's 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 been faithful to you. But you know what? You know what? He um he didn't give you any attention. And give you any attention or, or maybe it maybe it doesn't come in that way. Maybe it comes at work. Maybe maybe the enemy sneaks in and, and, and just wants you to believe you're the man, you're the woman. It's it's and so you think, man, if if I I don't want to give up my coolness factor if I if I follow Jesus, man, I, what what's gonna happen to my friends? And somehow we almost buy into the same lie that Jonah did, that if we do what God says. If we do what God says, that our life is going to unravel. And I want to say just the opposite, just to remind us that actually it's just the opposite. It's when we run from God instead of to God that our life falls apart. Because God is love. He's the essence of love. God is wisdom. He's the essence of wisdom. We talked about it last week. And when we, if God's over here, when we run, no, I don't want to do that. And we run as hard and as far and as fast as we can from God. We're just getting further and further away from the one who loves us regardless. And we said last week that, that even, even we figured out that we can run from God. Somewhere along the line we get to the truth that, that we may run from him. But we can never get away from him. See, Jonah was trying to get away from God. And God's like, bro, I'm sovereign. I'm strong. So I can do this thing like uh, wind. Water, waves, whale, garden plant, chapter four, worm. I I can do it all. I'm sovereign. I I can use a big fish. I can use a little worm. I can do anything I want to get your attention. And he does that not not to get us back, but to bring us back. Because he's not willing to let us go. And if you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus and you say, I'm not a Jesus follower and religion is too easy and I've seen that following Jesus isn't easy. That's true. Jesus said, man, people have hated me. Don't be surprised as a Christian if they hate you for your faith. But we don't have to be hateable. Are you with me? That doesn't give me an excuse to get ticked off and scream at people and tell everyone you're going to hell. Are you with me? All right. It's not an excuse to be a nasty Christian. Are you with me? Anyone ever met someone like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus could have been on the cross. You're all going to hell. I'm telling you, especially you. Yeah, Jesus didn't do that, right? Like even while he's dying, he's reaching, and he reaches one. Well, he's trying to reach another, one out of two, 50%. And 
And, and that's the love of God. And so we run from them. I want you to take some notes. Maybe this will help you. Rebellion is the thing that we believe a lie. And rebellion really is just saying no to God. So I'd ask a question today. That question is, are you running from God? I'm here, Tim. <laughs> I'm at church. What are you talking about? No, no. Is there an area in your life? Is there a drawer? Is there a closet? Is there a space? Is there a promotion? Is there someone that uh, lines are getting a little blurry in, in one area or another? You're running from God. If you're a young person and, and you're dishonoring your parents and you're disobeying them, you're running from God. If, if you're here today and you're trying, if you're trying to take something else besides God and you're trying to find life in that, you're running. And here's the good news. We're all runners. And you know what I found out? I found out in the Bible that people who run from God make the best kind of people when they give their life to God and they run to him. And then they run with him. Right. That's crazy. So if you're running hard and fast, good luck. Because his mercy and his grace, I believe. Will run after you all the days of your life. And I don't believe that God's willing to let you go. And so he does everything in his power to chase you down, even if it means causing some turbulence. Three things happen when you run from God. I gave you one last week. And so if you're, if you're that person, you're like me, you're like, yeah, I got one. Where's two and where's three? I'm going to give it to you right now. We said that when you run from God, three things happen. Number one, um, we run to the strangest and most dangerous places. Can I, can I just encourage, if you're running from God, don't make big decisions. Because you'll look back one day and you'll be like, why? Number two, life unravels. Like at first it's fun. Bible even tells us that sin is fun for a season. Like running can be fun. We're like, woo And we take off running. Gavin was running in the house the other day. And we had this 15-minute run through the house. And Stephanie's just calmly working on her laptop. And we are running, man. And he's gotten pretty quick, man. He just turned six. He's a big deal, man. And I don't know where he picked it up. I really don't. But somewhere along, I don't know, um, probably four, he just has this swag and uh, he's into skeletons right now, and he just thinks he's real cool. And every day he wears, no matter if it's hot or cold, he wears his gloves, his skeleton bones, and he walks out to the school bus like this, like, yeah, coolness is fixing to happen right here. And it's just hilarious. And so he thinks he can outrun me. So I'm chasing around the house. I'm chasing him. And you know what dad does. Sometimes dad lets you think that you can really get away, but dad can hit the acceleration anytime time he wants, Right? Okay, so I had to finally hit it after 15 minutes because I was running out of gas. And I've chased him down. I finally get him, get him on the ground. We're wrestling. We're laughing. Oh, oh, Dr. Claw. All that fun stuff. Man, what joy, right, that was to chase Gavin. Gavin was having fun running. The truth is sometimes we have fun running from God. And we think, woohoo, yeah. What are you talking about? I'm, man, I'm getting away with it. Mm. No, and then life unravels. Number three, we hurt those closest to us. And I would say this, that bad decisions lead to bad destinations. Maybe you just need that today. So let me repeat it. Bad decisions always lead to bad destinations. Got a phone call Thursday night. Man on the phone on the other end crying. 
just crying. Bad decision. Bad destination. I get, can I even try to tell you how many times I've sat across from people and their life is wrecked? And it was wrecked because they were running. But I want to tell you about grace because God never met someone that's broken that he cannot heal and fix. Even Humpty Dumpty, yeah, God could put him back together again. And you may think I've ran too far, I'm too broken, I've hurt too many people, I've gone to too many bad destinations. And there's something about the goodness and the love of Jesus that moves towards us even when we're trying to get away. Then Jonah, I want to look at this verse. Let's go to Jonah. We'll pull it up on the screen. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. We're going to look through chapter 2. I want to give you a few things. Jonah 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish, and he said, I cried out to the Lord. I cried out to the Lord. Maybe you're running, and today is just the day that you just need to stop and cry out. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. Maybe you're like, yeah, 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 I'm with you, Tim. I feel dead right now in some relationships. There's some turmoil and some stress. Maybe you lost your job, and you're like, Tim, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I can't even afford to pay my bills. I've got a family to feed. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's a result of your sin from you running from God. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a storm. But either way, can I tell you, man, when we cry out to God, no matter where we are, God hears us. I want to tell you um, five insights. I want to give you five insights about God and his attitude towards runners. I ran this morning. I ran this morning, got up. We're getting ready for the tough mutter, and uh, the countdown is upon us. And it's going to be, what, like 10, 12 miles, 25 obstacles. It's going to be tough. And that's why they call it Tough Mudder. But I did it last year, and I'm like, I want to do it again. And, and, and I want to do this, right, because life's not easy. And I want challenges. Why? Because you can look back and say, yeah, I overcame that, and I overcame that, and I overcame that, and I did that, and I did that. And, and that somehow gives us courage, and it makes us brave when other challenges and Goliaths approach us. God has a couple attitudes, a couple thoughts towards runners. And so I want to share this with you. Number one, God seeks the tear, God sees the tears and he hears the prayers of runners. God sees your tears. In fact, he says he captures every tear. He collects them. Where's Jesus when you cry? Where's Jesus when you hurt? Where's Jesus when you're broken? He's right there. He's close enough. To capture every tear. God sees the tears and he hears the prayers of runners. I'm talking about rock bottom prayers. I'm talking about ground zero prayers. Where I just lost everything. Mm. He hears the prayers. Number two, if you're taking notes, God orchestrates our circumstances to arrest our attention. God will orchestrate your circumstances. God will orchestrate my circumstances. Navar, are you listening? God will orchestrate 
your circumstances. And he will do that. Why? To arrest our attention. Let's look at verse 3. Jonah chapter 2 verse 3. Verse 3 says this. You threw me. What, 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 what? You, you, God, you threw me into the ocean depths. No, 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 Jonah. No, no, you, you, you told the guys on boat, pick me up, throw me over, and everything will be okay. And they're like, well, no, 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 we'll throw more cargo. And you said, no. And, and so they waited, and, and they think they're all going to die. And so they're like, that was a great idea. The cargo's all gone, and now we're throwing you over. So, no, 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 I did it to myself. It was my idea. You know, Jonah said, God, you, capital Y, he's referring to God. God, you threw me into the ocean depths. In other words, God, you, you gave me that idea. You met me where I was at. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me, and I was buried beneath your wild In stormy waves, God orchestrates our circumstances to arrest our attention. And you know what? God knows how to get our attention. Mom, dad, you know what I'm talking about, right? They say, hey, hey, kids, settle down. Hey, 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 settle down. And then you know, that's it. One more time, no iPad. Right? You know, for your kids, right? Some of you are like, I wish I knew how to get my kids' attention, right? You know what, what captures it? God knows you so well. God knows how to get our attention. Number three, we see this. I'm going to read a couple of verses, but we see number three, God disciplines thoroughly. God disciplines thoroughly. Watch this, four through seven. Then I said, oh, Lord, you have driven me from your presence. He's trying to get away, and this big fish swallows him, and then maybe this fish goes all the way to the bottom, however deep that was, and just lays there. And he's, he's, he's trapped. He's in prison. And he's probably thinking, ugh, what have I done? And by the way, by the way, I'm just thinking here, but if, if you were Jonah, and if you, if you were running from God, and then all of a sudden a fish swallows you, how long would it take you to cry out to God? Right? Like, I wonder how long before Jonah prays and Jonah says, God, I'm in trouble. God, help me now. Like, did it take a day? Did it take five minutes? Did it take two days? Two and a half days. He's like, okay. No, no. Right? Like, God knows right how to get our attention right where. I bet Jonah prayed immediately, man. I bet. I'm serious. About five minutes of smelling some sardines up in that place. I bet he was like, Jesus, Lord Jesus, help me. But look what happens. Verse 5, I sank beneath the waves. The water closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. Ah! And if it couldn't get any worse, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was in prison in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, oh Lord my God, you snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord in my earnest prayer. Went out to you in your holy temple. He cried out to God. You know, God disciplines thoroughly. We said rebellion. I gave you that definition earlier. Rebellion equals pain. God knows how to get our attention. 
I was thinking of a mill. I went to uh, Georgia. We went to this great place in Georgia, and it had this big mill, and they, they got all kinds of flour and that they would grind, and we were just kind of looking at that in Helen, Georgia. And I, it was very interesting to me to see how it used to be done. And, and um, I had this thought while I was studying that the mill of God's discipline, it grinds exceedingly slow. That's because of his mercy. But it grinds exceedingly fine. You know, sometimes with, sometimes um, maybe your kids are older and they're running from God and we try to rescue them. That's what we're talking about, the rescue. And, and last week we said that God was trying to rescue Jonah and Jonah said, you know, or, or no, Jonah didn't want to be rescued. He gets away and he gets in a boat and God says, well, Jonah, you're running from me, but I'll use you even in the boat. I'll rescue the other guys and I'll save their lives in spite of your disobedience. And God had to get Jonah to a place where he needed to be rescued in order to refocus that there are others that need to be rescued. And sometimes with our kids, we uh, sometimes we watch our kids run from God, and we want to get between them and God. No, no, no. And there's nothing wrong to pray, and there's nothing wrong to intercede. But at some point, being a student pastor for many years, I've seen parents, and they're constantly getting between their kids and the teachers, constantly getting between the kids and the coaches, constantly getting between the kids and the principal, constantly getting between the kids and the neighborhood kids, constantly getting between the kids and other parents, and, and always trying to protect, protect, always trying to rescue, rescue, rescue. And you know what happens? You lose. I've watched whole families fall apart because they were trying to rescue their kids. There's nothing like the Lord getting our full attention. Sometimes the best thing we can do as parents is get out of the way and say, Lord, they're yours. They're yours, Jesus. I gave them to you when they were born. I gave them to you when they're a teenager. God, they are yours. So I would say today, don't try to rescue your kids from God's discipline. The prodigal son had to come to the end of himself. That's good preaching. When he finally came to the end of his, himself, he thought, I can go home and I can earn daddy's love back. But daddy didn't want the love to be earned because he never had to do anything to earn it. And he would never have to do anything to earn it. But what a picture of our heavenly father's heart towards us. I would say allow, your, allow them to feel the full force of their rebellion. I've seen parents try to get between their kids and the law. See, we may, we may think that God's paying us back, but the truth is God values bringing us home. And the truth is then one day we look back and we appreciate it. Number four, to rebel is to refuse God's mercy. When we rebel against God, we're running from mercy. We're running from mercy. That's verse eight. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. So to rebel is to refuse God's mercies. Number five and last, it's not over. Look at verse nine and 10. I love it. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. This is the same dude that was running. This is the same guy that's saying, heck no, God, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. No way, Lord. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And all of a sudden, you know what he came? He came. He felt the full force of his rebellion. And now he's ready to tap. He's ready to tap out. And now all of a sudden, he surrenders to God. And it's in that surrender, he says, I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. 
And then we see this, you fast forward, then we see that the word of God comes to Jonah a second time, and he says, go to Nineveh and preach. And, and the, the fish spits him up, and he goes back, and he gets his rescue message on. And he says, God's going to destroy you all. You got 40 days. It ain't good. And they can smell this brother a mile away. And they're like, holy crap, we're all going to die. And you know what they do? They start to pray. And they declare a fast, even the highest to the lowest. The king says, you know what? None of our animals are eating. Ain't nobody eating. The kids ain't eating till we all cry out. And you know what hung in the balance of Jonah's repentance? You know what hung in the balance of Jonah's obedience? Is the same thing that today in 2016 that hangs in the balance of us being right with him. And that is other people. You see, God... God was interested in the one, but God was interested in the many. And before Jonah, before Nineveh would ever get right, Jonah had to get right. Before Nineveh could ever repent, Jonah had to repent. And when Jonah repented, game on. He just said a few words. I'm telling you, I worked a long time studying, preparing. Jonah came out of that fish. He's pulling seaweed off. He's like, oh, that's That's what that was. He starts walking. He's like, it ain't good. And the whole city gets saved. I'm like, Lord, how awesome would that be if we could just have that happen? Just a few words, right? Church could be short. Y'all can die unless you repent. Everyone's like, oh, Jesus. Can you imagine that? Five-minute church, micro church. What if the whole city, Gulf Breeze, just like, that's what happened. And what we see here is that God's heart is about the rescue. We said that radically rescued people... Rescue radically. Why don't I say this today? And I close. The rescued reproduce rescues. The rescued reproduce rescues. I want to show a picture real quick. We'll go into invitation. I want to show, put a picture up on the screen if I can. From what happened last week. We had a friend here from Oklahoma. And she came and she invited her friend And uh, this is a great family. Um, This is Kathleen right here. Kathleen used to live here, moved to Oklahoma, and met our friends. Our friends are uh, phenomenal people. You see Linda right over here, her daughter Melissa, little Charlie, Eric in the back. Um, This is so cool. Linda gets ready Saturday night. She's in town visiting Rosemary Beach, drives all the way to Gulf Breeze to come to church. Kind of does away with the church is too far thing, right? I love that. She drives 24 hours from Oklahoma, and she's still thinking about, who can I invite? You see, it's not momentum is not the church, right? There are many, many churches all over the world. That is the church. That's the big capital C church. And there's only one name. That's the big capital C. It's Christ and Christ alone. Put the picture back up, please. And so here's what happens. She gets here, and, and Linda's husband calls from Oklahoma. He calls Linda in Pensacola, or actually, actually over there, Rosemary Beach, and says, hey, why don't you call? Don't forget about your friend Kathleen call her and and maybe you can bring her to church and so she does that and and Kathleen comes and Kathleen sits right over here and Kathleen last week gave her life to Jesus Christ isn't that awesome but you know what's super awesome about that what's super awesome about that is that Kathleen used to eat lunch right in here decades ago Right here, not many, but but a few decades ago, she used to eat lunch right here. She went to school right 
here. Little did she ever know that she would get an invite from a friend from Oklahoma where she used to live, but then she moved to Pensacola, and she'd get an invite, and someone would say, yeah, I need to go, and she would come, and she's going to come back today. Little did she know she'd sit there and give her heart to Jesus, but you can try to run from God, but you can't outrun him. He has something amazing, a right arm called grace and a left arm called mercy, and he is reaching after you, and he not only wants to rescue you, he rescues, so we will reproduce rescues. That's the deal, and there are people drowning. There are people, who do you know that's drowning And you think, that person could never come to God. I worked with a guy. He thought God's last name started with a D word. And he would say God, and he'd say the word. And I thought about saying it today. Some of you, that would be offensive. And you'd be like, I can't believe he said that. But we shouldn't be offended about that. We ought to be more offended that we're not more into rescuing people. And one day I finally said to him, I said, Spencer, what's God's last name? I don't know. I know what it's not. It's not damn it. That's not his name. His name is God Almighty. And he's holy. And he's awesome. And Spencer, you can run from him, but you can't outrun him. He loves you. And a few years later, I'm preaching his funeral. We don't know what hangs in the balance. Now listen, church, and I close. We have the greatest opportunity at Easter. You said it, Patrick. Google lets us know that Easter, Easter week, people search for a church 30% higher than any other time of the year. People are looking and they're searching. And we have hope. And we get to give it away for free. Come and see. That's how, that's how, you, that's how you invite. Navarro, that's how you invite with heads bowed and eyes closed. All you do is you take an invite card. You walk across and you say, come and see. I invited my neighbor on Monday. I told the story last week. I went over and invited. Come and see. Come and see. With heads bowed and eyes closed. There are people here today, and you've run. You're running, and you need to stop right now. And, and all you need to know is that he loves you, and he'll comfort you, and he'll meet you right where you are. Second marriage, third marriage, fourth marriage. Walking through this, walking through that, he'll meet you right there. How many say, Tim, I've been running from God with heads bowed and eyes closed, but today I cry out. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Just lift it up. It's not to me. It's to God. God already knows your heart. You say, Tim, I'm running, but today I stop. I'm crying out to God. I'm stopping right where I'm at. I'm going to turn around and run to him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just slip it up. I see your hand. I see your hand. Just hold it up. That's right. Come on. Hold it up. That's right. I see you. You can put them down. I'm so proud of you. If you're here today and and you have been running from God and his love and you don't know that he loves you, you never heard or maybe you have and you've just refused it. You've resisted it, that he loved you so much that he died for you, that he died for our sins. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because he is for us. And if you've never stopped and turned to him. And just accepted that love, that unconditional love. The fact that he knows all about us. He knows our sin. He knows our rebellion. He knows everything we've ever done while we've been running from him. And there's something amazing about this love that he still says, I can't let you go. 
I love you, and I want to rescue you. Why wouldn't you just turn to a God like that? Why wouldn't you embrace a love like that? Some of you are ready to do that today, and, and, and I want to assist you. I want to walk with you to Jesus. Can we do that with heads bowed and eyes closed? Can, can we just walk to Jesus? Some of you need to put your faith and trust today, not in your religion, not in your church, not in your denomination. In other words, if you died and Peter said, why would I let you in? Some people say, because I've been good. Some people could, would say, because I'm this denomination. Some people say, I went to church. Some people say, I gave money. Some people say, I've been baptized. Some people say, I was married in this kind of church. None of those things get you into heaven. It's Christ and Christ alone. So maybe you need to stop running from your religion or from God running with your religion and today just say God I, I just I surrender I, I accept your love and I believe you love me and you died for me and you shed your blood so I could be forgiven and then three days later which is what we'll celebrate next Sunday you rose and I just believe that you love you died and you rose and I say yes can we go there heads bowed and eyes closed let's just let's pray it together church let's pray it together if you say, Tim, that's where I'm at, I, I, I want to say yes to him. I want to say yes to his love. No one looking around. We will not embarrass you. Will you hold your hand up right now all over this room on the count of three? Spirit of God, I pray for courage. I pray for boldness. Right now, wherever you are, would you hold that hand up high if you say, Tim, today I'm going to walk across the line of faith. Today I'm going to say yes. I'm going to accept God's love and all that goes with it. One, two, three. Three. Would you hold it up? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just hold it up high.